Russ, what's your favorite joke? Oh, fuck you, Justin. <laughs> Russ, what's your favorite joke? Uh... Sorry, I know that I'm just asking you cold, but like, You're it's a asking, cold open. You couldn't so like, ask me colder than that. What's, uh, what's your favorite joke? <laughs> I mean, I like when's the best time to go to the dentist. That is like my go-to. Jesus. 2.30? Yeah. 2.30. It runs It runs. That should all be... You should, you should legally change your name to the answer to that question because I think it tells people everything they need to know about you. Hey, That'd be cool if your right. name was 2.30, like a... Like some like a cyborg or some shit. Hey, hey, I think we need to be yeah. we need to be nice to Fresh because he lives in 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 New York City. And um, do you know why New York City looks terrible in the mornings? Why? Because it's the city that never sleeps. <laughs> Did you Christ. see Russ? The commitment. He wasn't. It wasn't a half measure there. That was a that was a killing blow this from actually, a man who was never this, killed. This actually it's reminds just, me of something though. Um, seriously. Yeah. Um. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's bring the tone down a little bit. <laughs> where? Do, where? Seriously. Where? Where do eggs? Yeah. Go on serious vacation? guys. Where? Where do eggs go on? Where vacation? do eggs? Yeah. I was reading a Malcolm Gladwell essay about this, so I don't want to ruin the answer. <laughs> they They go to New York. Now, oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> do you guys More think, than lights. What do you guys think? Guys, I don't have internet. I can't look at jokes. I need you guys to keep them coming. <laughs> what do you guys think the actual intro to this episode is gonna be like? It's gonna be so funny. <laughs> like when we do like obviously <laughs> this one's going right in the toilet can. <laughs> and then it's never gonna be discussed or spoken of again. And then we'll do like the real intro so like what do you guys think that one's gonna be like i it's gonna no. be like i don't think it's gonna be i it's gonna be so funny though i so disagree funny. i think considering what this episode contains this is the perfect way to separate the wheat from the chaff let's do it early <laughs> let's do it early let's drive let's drive the fairweather fans off it of their perch if you're still listening check your pocket it's the real besties fan gold medal and you can wear I'm, that I'm sorry, but there's. I just have one more thing to ask you. Oh, I'm. Gr- you know, plant. We keep goofing around. I'm so sorry, dude. So, um, so this is pretty serious. Eve. Yeah, um, sorry. Of Adam and Eve fame. Um, this is weird that you're wanted- talking about this. Yeah, yeah e- well, that's weird. Eve. Eve wanted to leave Eden, um, and she wanted to move to New York. But do you know why? Why. why? Because she just loves the Big Apple. So there's a lot of New York <laughs> I like jokes. You wrote, I feel like you wrote that. You know what? Like I actually legit love that joke. So let's start it up. <laughs> that is actually great. Okay, good so work. That plan. should be the back of your T-shirt. That the front of your T-shirt is your favorite joke. The back of your T-shirt is like I also love this one. Let me recite it. My name is Justin Macro, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin Macro, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best game of the week. Do it, do your best, Bob Dylan, Russ. <laughs> My name is Russ Fristick, and I'm the best game of the week. Welcome to the Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. It is a video game club, and just by listening, you have joined our illustrious ranks. Uh, I'm so thrilled to have you here. 
this week on this particular club, we were talking about Lisfonga and Persona 3 again. Chris Plant, what are those? Lisfonga is, imagine like a 10-player multiplayer game where you are solving puzzles and using action, but twist. You're the only person. You're playing all those characters at once. And Persona 3 uh, is a remake of Persona 3, uh, which is a <laughs> beloved uh, RPG that is absolutely batshit. And I'm very curious to hear specifically from Griffin more about it. Yep. We also have some very big news coming after the break, which get excited. Don't You can't just fire me like that. You can't do it on the show. You can't. We had you a good run with morning. Justin. <laughs> the four of us are having a baby, oh, and it's you, and it's you're the baby. Come here, little guy. Okay. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. Whoa. We're back. What? We're back. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, okay. I think we should, because we teased it, we should start with the big, big yeah. old news. We told them. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. baby. They're the baby. They're, they They're are the baby. You're the ba- in, a, in a way, they are the baby. Yeah. They are uh, both the baby and the mama, um, and not the mama at the same time. Um, <laughs> here's the deal. We... Wow. I don't know how to get into this. So we're just launching. We're going to we're launching a Patreon that it's happening. There's been requests over the years. Don't sound so apologetic for, in the way that. You yeah, say I'm excited. It. We're launching a Patreon at last. Yeah. At your request. And, and I'm going to and I'm going to start uh, by saying if you listen to like normal straight up besties every week, all week, that uh, will not be changing. It's not going away. It's not going behind a paywall or anything like that. Um, so worry not, but the good news is we are doing additional things for people that feel like they should subscribe to our Patreon. Um, and, uh, we're going to get into that in a second. Yeah. How about I talk about why we're doing this? Yeah. I I was going to say, before we do that, let's, let's jump into the why. Yeah. I mean, if you've been listening to besties from the beginning, I mean, first brave, congratulations, man. 
Um, yeah, that's so welcome. bonkers. Yeah, that's a, the real take a look back at your life. But we've been trying Don't to find... your fiber pills, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm more of a flaxseed man. Um, we've been trying to uh, figure out a way to make besties stable from the top. And that has been everything from... Uh, you know, the weekly episodes back at Polygon to when we went kind of independent to when we were at Spotify to when we have been ad supported. Um, and ads were okay for a while. Uh, but last year, the market sort of crumbled and they became very, very inconsistent. So we've said this before, but every time you didn't hear an ad slot filled, uh, that was a sign that something went unsold. And when they are unsold, the rates are much lower than they used to be. So uh, for the time that is required to make the show, which is time that we are not with our families and uh, and all that, it got it got rough. It got like really rough. And we just kept it going because we hoped that everything would just kind of naturally even itself out, I guess. Um, but it didn't naturally even itself out. So we started thinking about things that we can do to keep this stable and healthy. And that is a Patreon. So, uh, Fresh, right. go from there. Okay. As I mentioned at the top, main besties, exactly the same. It's still going to be free for everyone. There's going to be a minimal ads, uh, but everything else stays exactly the same for everyone. It doesn't matter. Great. Um, for those who pay the subscription fee, we're, we're, we're setting it at $5 a month, pretty straight up standard Patreon fee. Um, or $50, if you do the whole year, it's $50, so you get a bit of a discount. Incredible saving. Again, Incredible Russ, just, it actually works saving. out to Russ, you. you just gotta, you pretend like you're talking to, like, the sharks when you say shit like that. Because, oh. like, yeah. Yeah. You, gotta, you gotta sell them on it. I've tried to get on that show so many times, and I never For the besties, specifically. And this is like, <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Mark is like, why do I care? I don't like video games. I like ball games. This is why yeah. we're coming and to you. Why is Mark Cuban always talking like the Scarlet Pimpernel? I've been meaning to ask you guys. <laughs> Sounds. Um, Hadn't be my FA. <laughs> I do want to mention if you do the full year, it only costs four twenty a month, which seems all That's too really good. good. <laughs> nice, nice. Which is pretty cool. I love anyway, math humor. Here's here's what we're doing for subscribers. These are going to be bonus episodes just for subscribers. Number one, we are going to be doing a monthly bonus bracket episode in the style of our Game of the Year episodes, where the topic will change every single month as voted on by you, the people who subscribe. You'll be able to decide which group kind of goes against head-to-head. Obviously, for the first one, which we've already recorded and is already live. Y'all, we record these in the evening. They are spicy, they, they are, are. They got they big are sleepover late, energy. Late, late uh-huh. night, big sleepover energy. Can we tell them what it is? Can we tell them what the yeah, first yeah, one is? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's tell the first them what one it is. is the the best boss, uh, uh, which includes the final fight, you boss. Know, best boss and best final boss encounter in all of video game history. Y'all, there are some matchups in there that should not <laughs> exist. <laughs> there is no and 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 I know what you're wondering: is their physical dominance over one another a, a factor? And yes, my friends, it is. I love fear. At one point, two of Chaboys uh, bring boss fights uh, against one another, each with their own touching personal anecdote. As associated with them, which that means we have to decide who has the best touching personal anecdote. It's fucking it's a great unhinged. episode. I'm so excited um, to do this every month. Yeah, that's going to be super, super fun. Uh, and again, that first episode is already live. Uh, 
Rest of these will also be going subscriber only. Uh, it's going to be two episodes per month uh, as per usual for the rest of these, but those are just going to be subscribe for subscribers moving forward. Anything that's already been published for rest of these will still remain available to everyone. But if you'd like to follow Plant and I on our rest of these journey, uh, those are also going to be subscriber only episodes. Uh, we've loved making that show. We continue to love making that show. Uh, we also have the first two already live if you want to listen to them. One of them is about the indies that changed our lives. And the other one is the history of the original Metroid, and which was super fun. For that, I, I, I'm sure there are some folks asking, you know, why why is that behind uh, the Patreon? The reality is having two different shows that need to be ad-supported, uh, not a great idea. And if we're going <laughs> to keep one of these, um, you know, free and uh easy and just keep it going it makes a lot more sense for it to be the one that has been going for you know the entirety of the run um so yeah. the the resties takes a lot of work and and we want to make sure that core besties still remains available to everybody so that's why where can this. people go to become members of this honored, honored that is group. such a great question uh that is a great question the link is patreon.com slash the besties it's just oh, that simple. That's nice. Great link. That's and really not only good. that, I have a special treat for you guys. Here uh, is a clip from the bonus bracket episode that is already live right now. We're going to throw to it, and it's going to be hilarious. Uh, I just want to say, uh, maybe the first time I ever wanted to kill a guy in a video game <laughs> was Sephiroth. <laughs> I remember when I started fighting Sephiroth, I was like, I can't wait to fucking kill this guy. I can't wait to to punch this guy's ticket and, <laughs> and snuff him out for the world. It is the first time a member of my RPG party has been killed that I had invested quite a bit of time into. So I was personally affronted by this long haired uh, gentleman. You just died to kill Sephiroth. And I, would, I just could not wait to fucking kill this. Every time I fought him, I was like, is this it? Is this the time? Is this the time? And then, god dang, guys, when you do finish him off with that, like, Omni Slash in the, you know, void at the center of the world, that's pretty good shit. I don't think anything tops that uh, in the year 1997 uh, or whatever year uh, Final Fantasy VII came out. Uh, and, and, and was yeah, he I dead? Mean, did we confirm, like, was he fully dead or did he show up again in, like, Advent Children or something? I like mean, that? he shows up in Advent Children, of course, but it's, like, a weird projection of him or something. Right, okay. Uh, yeah, it's, I, yeah. Doesn't, it's doesn't count. fucking great, guys. Did you feel no at the time, like, that, like, he killed your, 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 your first girlfriend? Is that it? Oh, like, no, I definitely had lots of girlfriends before. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. I, I think you're right. Like, I would have not felt the same way if, like, my wife and Harvest Moon had been killed by a man with a big <laughs> Sure, right? I would have not felt the same way. See, Rachel, who edited that in, Rachel is somebody else that gets paid by the besties. That's somebody else who you're supporting That's with right. your uh, donation. Yes. Thank you, Rachel. And thank you, everyone. Uh, that's pretty much it in terms of the business. Uh, if you have any questions about the Patreon stuff that we haven't covered, uh, we also have a, a FAQ on the uh, Patreon website. There's like a whole blog welcoming you, explaining a lot of the stuff we already covered. But um, also uh, in the newsletter, you can drop in questions or comments or anything like that. Obviously, this is a big shift for us, and it's been uh, a lot of work getting it all set up and, and coordinating it. Um, so hopefully everyone is cool. Uh, we don't want anyone to feel left out, but we also need to get this show 
into a, a stable, happy place. So that is we, the end goal here. Yeah, I hope you all understand. Like w- once you are are balancing so much work, families, and stuff like this, it's not just about what you want to do, but what makes sense uh, for you and the people that that count on you. And it's really. Honestly, this for me, the reason I'm excited about it is I want besties to keep making as much sense as possible. I need I want it to be, you know, something that we can sustain in in perpetuity. So I'm 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 really excited that we are are able to do this. And And I'm already very appreciative to the people that have been around with us this long and, you know, may support us in this. Totally. What the fuck is Lisfanga? (laughs) <laughs> i was excited man chris plant is is uh he and fresh both uh honestly are killer but plant will bring some really uh deep deep cut recommendations completely you know off off my radar but this was one that he just dropped into chat and he's like this is seems like a besties game and yeah i think it it definitely seemed like one yeah uh does somebody want to try to take a shot at describing how this game works Sure, um, I can do yeah, it. Do it. So, Lisfanga is, I think, at a glance, if you've played Hades, it'll look very much like Hades. Uh, it's a kind of isometric action game where you're like a little character that's running around and having to beat like a bunch of monsters in an env- in a environment. Pretty straightforward. Arena when you start- base, sort of <laughs> that same sort of arena too, where it's like X yeah. number of enemies to clear. You know, this room. Correct. Where it immediately becomes obvious that it's a very different game is in the very first fight, because when you die, everything that you had done in that life, it might be a 30 second or a 10 second like life is recorded. And when you start a new life, that previous recording will continue playing and continue doing the actions that you already did. So for example, like a ghost, uh, like a ghost. (gasps) Yeah. Sorry, guys, this, no. just, this game scared the shit out of me so far. <laughs> so, if, so if that ghost kills like three enemies, uh, those three enemies you do not have to interact with on future runs of that uh, in that arena, they're going to be dead forever. They're so demarcated the idea with is a little skull, so you, you can tell right. at a glance that you don't need to mess with them. So it is actually, at a glance, it seems like an action game, but it's closer to a puzzle game where you're trying to maximize these lives that you have to uh, basically clear the arena. There is no way to clear any of the arenas without dying, as far as I'm aware. Also, it's not just that you die. It's that there's a timer that is going to kill you no matter what. You also have a trigger where you can restart your loop like at at your command, basically, on the fly, without dying. Yes. Yeah. 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 The, uh, systematically, it is unlike any game I've really seen, and it's such a clever idea um, that that like really expands in interesting ways as it goes yeah, on. Yeah, I, I was really impressed how it does the Nintendo thing of introducing everything to it in just the right amount each kind of round. So yeah, at the very beginning, it feels like okay, uh, there are twenty enemies here, and I can't kill them all within the I don't know a minute and a half or however long it gives me to do this. I think it's actually way less than that, maybe like thirty seconds. Um, so I'm just gonna do it two or three times, and that's how I'll I'll get rid of everybody. And then after that, uh, you do a few rounds, and suddenly you have enemies that uh, have big shields. So you need one of your ghosts to draw attention. That way, on the next round, you can get behind the enemy and and poke them and knock them. 
And then uh, later on, there are switch enemies. And by that, I mean, like, you have to knock two of them out at the exact same time, kind of as like a switch mechanism to be able to kill either of them. So you have to figure, okay, I'm going to have my first ghost halfway through the run, they're going to go for the switch. That way, with my next run through, I'll know halfway through that run, I'll get the other switch, and that's how I'll take care of that enemy. And it becomes... Yeah, I mean, you're right, but a puzzle game, a, like, time management game, um, you feel also just, like, kind of like an action movie choreographer, um, because you're thinking of, like, what is the most badass and streamlined way to go through an arena? Yeah, by the time you're done with a, a run and you've programmed, like, five of your, you know, alter egos to go do crap, it really looks awesome, especially if you've done, like, a really good sequence since when you've run a lot like it, it really looks awesome the last time to see like six fights happening simultaneously and sometimes in concert uh is is very satisfying when you pull it all together yeah i also like the fact that they um it's not as straightforward as it seems so plant mentioned the shield guy earlier and the first three or so times that you fight the shield guy you're always pretty much doing the same thing you use one life to distract him and then you use another life to like attack him from the rear Later on, you uh, they start layering in like power ups that'll allow you to break some of those rules. So you can spend a resource in the middle of a fight, and that'll allow you to basically solo the shield guy without having to distract him. And so you're constantly kind of having to reevaluate how am I going to maximize this using these resources in a really smart way, um, without kind of falling into these same routines of, oh, it's this enemy, so I have to do this thing every single time. You also uh, have a spell that you can equip, that you choose one spell that you take into a fight, and there looks to be a wide variety of them, but each yeah. one is um, pretty mechanically different from the others to where, you know, you can slot it into your puzzle flow. You know, things like uh, stun these enemies or uh, shoot a ball out that explodes. And that kind of gives you like a ranged option. If you are in a match where like you need to get a small group of enemies far away. So you have like flexibility to, to plug in there too, as well as like there's a, I think there's an, what they call them, auras, which are basically like equipable perks that also change your, your style. Yeah. One of those spells actually, every time you cast it, it is cast on all of your clones, all of your ghosts. Yeah. So like that adds a whole other element where like all these previous runs will then be changed because you're casting that spell on a future run. Yeah. So, so if you have like seems, six characters out there yeah. and you, you hit that spell at the exact right moment, you just like detonate the entire arena. Right. All of this seems very, very overwhelming and complicated, but I think the game does a really good job of like easing you in Uh plant mentioned like the Nintendo thing of like teaching you new mechanics slowly so you don't, I never felt like, oh, I have no idea how to tackle this thing. This seems impossible, which is a really tough thing to pull off while still kind of maintaining my level of and interest in it. Not yeah, only does it not feel overwhelming while you're playing it, you feel powerful. Like you, it feels yeah. more creative than it feel, than anything else. I feel like those, you always have um, enough resources between powers and extra kind of ghost characters to get through any run pretty much the first time. But beating it under a certain amount of time and, like, really nailing the run, that's where it gets more difficult. And that I always felt personally incentivized to figure out how to how to do the fastest possible run. 
was a testament to how much fun I was having with the game rather than me being, yes, like overwhelmed or, or, or lost. Yeah. I had, I, I will say I had one, uh, pretty major issue with the game and I would mm. love to to hear your guys thoughts on it because it is seems it the like title? we're maybe in different places <laughs> uh, well the title is is tough to remember I will say um, and I really enjoy I, I was admiring everything about the game I really enjoy like the moment to moment of it I think is very cool um, I found myself weirdly like not super compelled to keep playing it uh, and I was trying to figure out why and I think there is a uh, and it's very understandable because this is such a new idea right but we talked about the the way that it kind of straddles uh, puzzle and action game. And I think that I was kind of falling into that gap a little bit, the, a satisfaction gap where if it's a puzzle, it's too finicky to be a puzzle. There's things like I know that one of the important parts of this run is I need to hit this exploding eyeball and send it flying towards this other guy, right? Um, and it, because it is an action game at heart, sometimes you just miss that shot. You know, the enemy mm -hmm. AI is maybe different or the angle's a little off or whatever. And if you blow that shot, even though you know what you want to do, it, it may not work. And you have to kind of, and it's not, while it's easy to start an individual life over, starting like an entire arena over takes a few button presses and is a little clunkier than I'd like it to be. But on the other hand, like the, the, uh, number of powers and number of like mechanics that they're giving to you when you're really trying to like find a quote unquote solution to it. Cause it is structured very much like a puzzle. There are so many variables that I was constantly thinking like, am I not good enough at this? Or is there some power, like some combination of powers that I could be using here that would make it more effective? Like it increases the variables. If you're trying to find a like quote unquote solution, um, and, yeah. and I, I don't know that there's something in the, the gap between those two that, that I was struggling with. Yeah. I think some of it is just the, like, there is a relative lack of progression in this game. You are unlocking like a lot of new tools as you go on, but you don't necessarily feel like your expertise in earlier levels grants you an easier game in later levels, mm. which I do think can power like. You know, Hades, for example, if you've been doing great in Hades, by the time you get to the final boss in Hades, it's a much easier battle than it would be otherwise. You don't really get that here. So the so the um, the difficulty curve is actually kind of flatter than you would normally see in this sort of game. So maybe that's part of it as well. Yeah, the way that you're describing it, Justin, I think that's right. I think it also, for some people, is going to be what's special about it in that it's kind of mm -hmm. baby's first speed run, the game. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. because, because of all of that stuff that it is, that is the challenge of speed running is, you know, it, it, it is both a puzzle of cracking a game and it is also having to just really nail finesse controls. Um, yeah. and I think that's something they could update too, that would help significantly if there was a single button press to start an arena over. Uh, yeah. Because I was doing that constantly, you know what I mean? If yeah. I miss the first sequence of hits, it's like, well, fuck, I'm not going to do this entire thing. I'm going to restart it. And I wish that was as it, 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 like you have to choose it and then you have to like confirm your choice. And it's like, I just want to start it. At, like, just let me do it quickly. Yeah, it made me remi it reminded me of uh, Hotline Miami in that way. But mm. obviously Hotline, mm -hmm. you start a run in like half a second yeah. and you're, you're yeah. on a new run. 
Uh, obviously, that doesn't quite work here because you are doing like multiple runs per arena. But I, I agree with Justin. Like there should be just like a hold down Y kind of thing. And yeah, to, that, to start a new run and, you know, that kind of thing. But otherwise, yeah, I think it's a really, really interesting game. Not something that I've seen before. And I think a lot of people uh, will find like the art style really appealing. And just like the overall presentation, I thought they did a really good job with it. Um, are you playing on Steam Deck? I've played on both Steam Deck and on like a full on PC. Uh, Steam Deck worked fine. Um, yeah, I preferred. Uh, Steam I had Deck to. For I it. think I ran it at forty FPS or something like that. But it it was totally playable. I mean, it's not the sort of game where you need sixty. Um, I do think it'll probably stabilize further as like new patches come out. But definitely uh, very playable. Something I did want to ask you guys about real quick. What, what did you think about the the uh, way that these arenas were connected? Um, I, oh, I, yeah. I thought it was kind of unusual that like there were large swaths of the game that weren't necessarily like mechanical other than like, I guess looking for, they have collectibles and I'm still not sure what they're for the like magic moats or whatever. Sometimes yeah. you find these, but it's, it's not like there's very little in the way of like platforming or, or what have you like outside of the fights. Yeah. So you'll do a fight and then it'll be just be like, probably like. 30 seconds to a minute of just like walking through the environment. And as Justin mentioned, there will be these like hidden collectibles. Some of them I know like will be like, if you collect four of these things, you'll get another life to use in battle. So there is definitely a combat. There, there's a there. shop that uh, makes itself available. And there's a later. shop. Uh, that comes okay, later. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's interesting that they, all the arenas are connected. I do like that uh, sort of synergy to it. But I do agree with Justin. I think I would have liked to have seen a little more, uh, I think, engagement in those environments rather than just like kind of walking around. Yeah, I, I, I kind of enjoyed it as a break between everything. And the yeah, environments nice, are they're certainly nice. pretty. Mm. They're, they're these big oh, kind of sure, white yeah. cities. But yes, it feels, it reminds me of No More Heroes, weirdly, which is a big open oh, world um, that yeah, is yeah, completely yeah. empty. And I couldn't tell if like that was what they were going for is you know, trying to create this sense of, wow, this world is completely void of life except for these, like, violent showdowns. Um, yeah, the it reminds like me a... of Dusant as well. There's, like, chunks of Dusant where, the, yeah. Dusant where you're just, like, there's no, like, swinging or climbing or anything. You just sort of, like, have this quiet little moment walking down a hallway. I will say also the story, I feel like there's exactly as much story as there needs to be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, coming off of like, I'm still playing Prince of Persia and ha having these like long chunks of dialogue that really are all <laughs> variations of the same conversation. It is nice to have a game that's just like, I don't know. It's mysterious. Keep playing. I don't know. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's you'll figure it out, buddy. You'll see. You'll get, you'll get it. All in due time. Just keep playing. Um, Y'all. I, I really want to hear Griffin's thoughts on Persona 3. You mind if it's we take a Put me in, break. Coach. Hey, Griffin, I have a question. Are You, you didn't play this, right? Because you're playing Persona. That's Does right. this sound, from our descriptions, like the, a game that you would play? Uh, yeah, I think I, I think this sounds really sick. I like, uh, you know, I like this type of game, and this sounds like a very clever hook. Uh, <laughs> like... I feel like like we set up at the beginning of the year when uh here on the besties there I can't remember a time where my uh gaming time has been more competitive um yeah, yeah it's, than, it's especially than it is for friggin' February man right now but I do I've got this downloaded and 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 ready to rock um it's great on deck so it is. Uh, I I am sure 
it's it sounds like a type of game I will definitely come back to. Cool. All right. Um. Well, yeah. Let's say let's take a break and then hey, let's hear some about uh, Persona Three Reblasted. Yeah, that's the name. <laughs> This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames, and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now... You can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts. And you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month. Say bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills, the unexpected overages. Sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Persona 3, Griffin. Persona... Uh, I got to be honest. I'm 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 genuinely happy. Not I. I actually wanted to play this a lot, yeah. but I am genuinely happy that I didn't have to rush play it yeah. for besties. Because as much as I've like really tried to get in Persona game, it hasn't happened yet for me. But I'm very excited to hear your perspective on it, given that you are the Captain Persona. That's what expert. they call me, um, the Captain Persona expert. Right here, so, so Griffin Mac. Uh, to to set this up a little bit, uh, have you guys played Persona Three uh, in any of its original iterations? I don't yes. think so. Yes, yes, you, you I did. did the portable one. I'm guessing. 
probably a, yes, yes, yes. I had to put a ton of time into that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I remember. I remember that era. Um, Persona Three was about as like groundbreaking of an RPG as as that does exist uh, in in this industry. A lot of the stuff that you like know and love about Persona games really started in in three. The Persona games that preceded it, uh, confusingly, there were three three of them. I think um, <laughs> did not have things like social links or the uh, I think like the daily calendar system. Um, they they were very sort of they were very cool and amongst some people in the the community like beloved uh, games. But Persona Three really set up the franchise for what it is now um there were a few and like versions. inspired a lot of other stuff right like i feel Absolutely. like even playing even playing infinite wealth i was thinking about that a lot like wow this is a lot to persona yeah i mean it explored character dynamics and relationships in a way that that no rpg before re- really had um and so yeah i think uh playing this right after infinite wealth like there's so much about the you know the drink links and Bal- the, baldur's the, gate too i mean sure yeah you I, know what I, I mean yeah the the kind of like episodic uh development of like character relationships and stuff like a lot of that comes back to persona 3 there's the original persona 3 there's persona 3 fes which uh added sort of an epilogue uh to to the original game as well as a few uh gameplay features uh, and then Persona 3 Portable was sort of the big iteration before this one. It was out on PSP. It simplified. I feel like some... more people played that than the original. I think, that's probably I think my so. skewed perspective, but it was it was big. Yeah, it, it, and that's a great version of it. I it uh, simplifies a lot of stuff, like for a lot of the daily life things, like you are looking at a static screen that you kind of move a cursor over to decide what you want to do instead of like running around a three D environment. Big thing with that game is it added a, a female protagonist uh, that you could choose from at the beginning of the game, and it sort of sets up like two completely different uh like routes there are some social links that change completely depending on uh which character you play as uh and to date i mean that hasn't happened again in the persona series uh s- sadly that element of it has not uh, been included in persona 3 reload you just play as the the dude um and there's a few other things like the the epilogue from persona 3 fes is not in in persona 3 reload either um so like there is a little bit of disappointment i feel that in making the you know uh comprehensive version like of of this game like it's not particularly comprehensive uh that said uh the extent to which persona 3 has been polished and spit shined and uh sort of evolved to keep up with uh specifically persona 5 is genuinely very impressive uh from a like an aesthetic standpoint, like it is, a, it is. I mean, honestly, it looks like blue Persona Five sometimes in the way just sort of the user <laughs> interface rocks and like you know the stylish all-out attack animations and uh, you know whenever you get a, a attack an enemy's weakness, you get like a flash of the character's like face that like zooms across the screen. It looks very, very, very much like Persona Five, which a lot of people who are like kind of purists have uh, sort of slammed the game for. I think it looks fucking fantastic. Um, the big thing with Persona 3 is you have your daily life, your social link stuff, uh, and then at night you can go to Tartarus, which is this gigantic, 
like I think uh, I forget how many floors are in Tartarus. I, I want to say like 250 floors. Six, and seven at least. Six, at least six <laughs> or seven. Uh, and it is the same kind of dungeon crawly gameplay that you know from from four and five. You you know go into these randomized floors and defeat shadows and look for treasures uh, and just dive your way into the dungeon, which kind of periodically unfolds as uh, as as time passes on. Basically every month a new sort of chunk of uh, levels will will open up to you. Um, Tartarus is, I would say, the most kind of boring version of the, like, gameplay side of Persona between, you know, 3, 4, and 5 especially. Uh, it is very, very repetitive, but they have sort of added in some stuff to spice it up from, like, uh, you know, adding a little bit more distinctiveness between the different chunks of the of the 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 dungeon so that you're not just like constantly pounding through the same floor over and over and over again there's some like right. challenge rooms and other stuff that you can find uh to to sort of spice things up a little bit um and then like also is the combat different at the all the combat is is, much... is is dramatically different there uh, oh, okay. is uh again from persona 5 in the same way that you could do the baton pass uh, whenever you got a, a critical hit or attacked an enemy's weakness, you could pass your turn off to another party member, uh, and it would show like, hey, if you pass it, uh, you know, to Junpei, he can hit the hit the weakness, and so you just do the baton pass, and then it, you know, he can go, and it makes it much easier to knock down the whole, uh, you know, field of enemies and go in for one of those big stylish all out attacks. There's like a super meter sort of thing that also charges up as you play uh, as as each character, and it's different depending on like which character you play as, what kind of boosts them up. Um, so like the gameplay side of things is I dramatically improved. Like it is it is uh, much more uh, entertaining to just kind of like mm -hmm. play the dungeon crawly side of things this time around. Not like. Not to the level that Persona 5 gets to, I don't think. Because Persona 5, like, the dungeons are so, um, you know, manicured and designed. And there's, like, a puzzle to it as you kind of conduct each heist. The set pieces are much bigger and uh, more more exciting. You don't really get that. It's still sort of a, you know, randomized dungeon crawl sort of experience that you are going to be doing over and over and over and over again. So, you know, your mileage may vary there. Griff, question: Do you know if the dialogue has been updated at all, rewritten, re re-recorded, anything like that? Yeah. So there is um, one one sort of fault of of Persona Three is the way that it kind of handles its social links. Right? You think about four and five. Each of your main party members gets their own social link, right? Which makes sense, right? You're going to be spending a lot of time with these people. You know, Junpei is one of your first party members. Of course, you kind of want to know about him, but you don't get a social link with him. He just doesn't have one. Uh, and uh, unless I think actually if you play Persona 3 Portable, the female main character route, I think he does actually have one. Uh, so that's always been kind of like a weird oversight, right? Uh, what this game adds uh, are called link episodes, I believe is what they're called. And those sort of exist outside of the ecosystem of social links, which as in every other Persona game, you boost those up and it lets you make stronger and stronger Personas in the like Velvet Room fusion side of things. Instead, like you just get these like mini arcs with specific characters or groups of characters that are fully voiced, fully new, fully written, 
Uh, they provide some like you know benefits to like that character and what they can do in in battle and as they explore the dungeons. It's not quite as fleshed out as a you know full blown traditional social link, but it does add I think like a ton of depth to characters that otherwise are just kind of like. I don't know, throwaway characters, despite the fact that you may have them in your party every single time you go to Tartarus. Um, so, like, if you are looking for an upgrade to the story side of things, uh, there there is certainly a lot here. It has been such a long time since I've played Persona 3 Portable that I can't really comment on, like, how much of the core plot has has been changed. Um, but, I mean, there in terms of new content, there is a lot there. Uh, the game's tone is pretty profoundly different from four and five uh persona three is a game about uh death and mortality and that is reflected in a lot of the like social link storylines from like a character who is like a young author who's terminally ill or um an elderly couple that runs a bookstore who lost their son like it, it there's some really really heavy shit and then like the whole game is also kind of about uh is kind of about the uh, end of the world, sort of, and your attempts to thwart it at great cost. Um, and so, like, I, that's kind of that is kind of a rough ride. It, it, it is not <laughs> as like uh, footloose, fancy free anime fun as uh, particularly Persona Four is. Um, but like, I don't know. I also think that that sets it very much apart from those games, and it does have genuinely a lot of interesting, and it has a lot to say about the nature of life and what you make out of it. And I think that that is why it holds a very special place in a lot of people's hearts. I also think Persona is a series that, like a lot of uh, game series, specifically RPG series, like where you came into the franchise always kind of has a special spot. Um, for me, it was Persona 4 Golden, which is like maybe my favorite game ever. Uh, and Persona 3 Portable, it, it, and in this case, I guess Persona 3 Reload, doesn't quite hit the mark of that or um, or, or Persona 5. Um, it is a slow start. Uh, it really does not pick up until you are honestly a couple months in and you have like a wide range of... Fuck, that's fuck uh, that's In-game funny. months, yes. Uh, yeah, but I mean... <laughs> Depending on the link, depending on how much uh, your time you're willing to put into it, it may actually take you a couple. Yeah, once once you have like a huge slate of social links to kind of like explore and follow, like what is interesting to you, and the dungeons have evolved, and you have more characters to choose from to take in there, and there's more stuff for you to do, then I the the, the game has has hooked me. It definitely didn't at first because like, uh, you know just pounding into Tartarus without much to do there is repetitive. And uh, it would get to the point where like I would clear Tartarus in like a couple of nights. And then like my nights every single night would be like, well, I guess I'll go work at the cafe again. Um, <laughs> Cause there's fucking not anything else to do, uh, which has always kind of been a problem for this franchise. But like in Persona 5 Royal, it's like, fuck, I'm going to go play darts with my homies and uh, you know, in increase their baton pass capabilities, all that jazz. Um, Persona 3 Reload gets, gets there. It gets to that point and, um, uh, you know, is, it gets, it gets to what you want a Persona game to be, but it, uh, it really, 
It really drags its heels getting there, uh, which is especially kind of galling. Juice and I were uh, talking a little bit about some other games we've been playing, like after playing, again, like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, which is just from the fucking jump, like yeah. pretty entertaining and enjoyable with like delightful characters from, from minute one. It is kind of, that is a tough putt, I feel like. It's really it's really one of the biggest bummers, I think, with Persona. And I'm somebody who classifies myself as like, I like these games. Like I've I finished four I think like I I like them in theory, but I haven't nearly spent as much time with them as I as I'd like to because they make I really like everything they're doing. They make such a huge encumbrance on your time. They're like such a time sink to get to the good stuff. Um, yeah, I would love to see them try to make a pass at this structure and this idea that is like a con- more condensed, digestible version for people that like the ideas, like all of it, just don't like committing, you know, 80 hours to Right, like what is a 10-hour Persona game? Yeah, right, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is, you're talking about such a fundamentally different yeah. genre I at mean, that point, right? I mean, I'd be happy with 40, but, y'all. I mean, I'm, seriously, I mean, like, <laughs> I played that, I played Infinite Wealth about that long, but it was all rewarding, right? They weren't making, wasting my time. Right. Yeah, and I would, I would even add, like, you look at a season of TV, like no, yeah, I mean it doesn't it doesn't compare, right? Like y- if you play Persona games and you want to get really into them, like that's what you that's what you want. I think there's a huge no, swath uh, of people yeah. who would not who would be very frustrated with even a forty hour Persona game. Uh, I think people, I think, I think what Justin is sort of getting at, and I agree with, is I want more people to be able to experience the franchise, and there are a lot of walls that prevent that sure. from happening. Yeah, definitely. I, I, but there, but those walls are the same things that like people who love the franchise totally love about Persona. Yeah, so right. it's, I don't know how you get sure. around that hill. You, you get into also like it, it matters of taste, right? Like yeah. I, I uh, Persona Four is the uh, no pun intended gold standard for me of like every character in that game is great. The tone of it is like almost zany sitcom at times, which is like, and, and, and the world of that game is like this unique sort of rural setting that isn't really like anything else. I've, I've played games like that game has a very special place in my heart. I don't necessarily vibe with the characters as much uh, in this game or the, or the setting. Um, It doesn't feel, it doesn't have that sort of special unique quality for me, but also there's, I'm sure people who feel um, the the reverse. I've seen a lot of people say that Persona Three Reload is like a great way to get into the franchise, but like I don't know what that is because I think what is going to be best, like the best game for you to get into the franchise, depends on like what kind of like story and characters and tone yeah. and shit you you enjoy. Um, I will say that it is probably, I mean, not probably, it is definitely the most enjoyable version of Persona 3 to play, despite the stuff that it is missing. Um, I do, th- again, like, not to hammer it too hard, but I do think it is a bummer to not include that stuff in the $70 uh, remake of, of this game. I think that's that kind of sucks. Uh, it also, gonna... like, it really feels like we're going to get a second version of it, just because we've we have so much history <laughs> reload. of them doing that. Yeah, yeah maybe yeah. Or, or or DLC or something. It's it, it is possible, but um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm. It is. I think it's great, and I am enjoying my time with it much more now. Maybe ten or twelve hours in um, than than I was starting out. Um, but it it has it has not hooked me in the way that I was kind of hoping it would, which is sort of a bummer. You played and, three before, right? Like you played. Yeah, three. sure. Yeah, I played three uh, portable. 
Uh, Do you think think that this hooking, this issue of like being hooked early on would be better? Like, is it better now than it would have been in that version? Is it worse for you? Oh, yes. Yeah. No, for sure. Okay. So an improvement, just not quite as much of an improvement as if if for nothing else, like all of the additional story stuff is great. If for nothing else, like Tartarus is a million times more fun to explore and play this time around. I didn't I didn't even touch on a lot of the stuff (laughs) that it kind of uh, that that it is also added. There's like a lot to do. There's a lot more stuff to do in Tartarus and a lot more stuff to do in every fight um, than than any of the Persona three versions that have come before it. So like that makes it a pretty easy recommendation over over the other ones. Uh, it also looks great. The soundtrack is fucking amazing, as is always the case. Um, I, I, but during that first, like, you know, 10 hours that I played the game, like, it was hard to stave off the feeling of, like, man, I kind of just wish that Persona 6 had been fast-tracked a, a little bit more uh, <laughs> because this is this is not necessarily uh, hooking me. But um, it is it is now. I don't know if I'm going to stick with it to the end because... It is a ginormo like time commitment uh, to to get through it. But Griffin, we um, don't need Persona Six. We need we Metaphor Refantasio. <laughs> we do need Metaphor Refantasio. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see about that. Um, that's out pretty soon, right? It's supposed to be this year, I believe. Oh, okay. Well, that's that could mean anything. Can't wait. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Well, Griffin, thank you for the for the reporting live from the floor of. Please uh, don't Persona. make me play any more RPGs. I think I think we're good for uh, at least a week. I would we say. are talking about an RPG next week, mother. We are. Uh, we have really a, we good, have a, a little bit of rear mail, which we'll get through. This letter comes from Michael Bjork Plant. I read your Polygon article about the Dune popcorn bucket. You're a gifted comedic writer. So nice, uh, Plant. Do you have anything to share about the Dune popcorn bucket? Um. So I'll be honest. I I feel like I'm much better on the page than I am like coming up with Goose <laughs> oh, yeah. Live. So so I um. I turned to like Google and Reddit for some like new Dune jokes. Um, oh, do you good. mind if I share okay. a few with you? We've had a lot of really sure. great jokes yeah. this episode so far, so this yeah. should be the good. jokes per minute here is a very high on this episode yeah. for yeah. sure. Um, so, um, how how do you circumcise a fremen? <laughs> I don't know what a fremen is. It's like the the people who live on the. the you use a, br- a brisk knife. Okay, so that's great. That's a really good one that eight people are going to get. And oh, then okay, one okay, okay, wait, wait. Uh, Chris, sorry, sorry. I'll, I'll do like a, a, a more like kind of like, that was, you're right. That was like for the, the real thing. A little deep cut, so to speak. Um, what do you call a sandworm um, that never breaches the surface? What? Shy Halud. Okay. Okay. That oh, one uh, person on. that you had with the first joke, Chris, uh-huh. has uh-huh. has turned on you. And they uh-huh. actually had, you know what's funny? They uh-huh. had patreon.com slash the besties open in a new tab. They just yeah. they just closed it. Uh, okay, now I get, to do, wait, I get to do one now. I get to do one now. Where do the Navi go when they're sick? Oh, right. We I see to- you. Oh my god! So we have to do an avatar. <laughs> this is a rule on the bib For every piece of Dune content we do, we have to feed Justin a little bit. Of hey guys, content. I don't have internet. I wrote that joke on the fly. <laughs> I wrote true. that joke now in the moment. Where the Navi go when they're sick? I see you. I see you. It's so good. Uh, we have another letter. This comes from Slifer Jam. Uh, I'm actually really liking the Suicide Squad uh, game after 30 hours. It's obviously good. lots of love went into the small details in the game. The cutscenes are great, and the mocap and the facial animations are all incredible. I'd agree with all of that for what it's worth. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
somewhat repetitive gameplay aside, which I would also agree with, uh, maybe remove the somewhat out of that, I find the traversal and the combat very fluid and fun. You know what? Honestly, it makes me thrilled that people are getting enjoyment out of this game. Like, it wasn't for me. I know Justin wasn't a huge fan of it either, yeah. uh, nor was Griffin. But but legit, I I it brings me joy that other people are brought joy by a project that, like, so many people blood, sweat, and tears over right. to make this thing. Um, so it's great that uh, yeah. some people are enjoying it. Um, yeah, and you can still pick up, uh, if, you're, if you're into this... Uh, I think Anthem is really affordable now. You could go grab that. Justin maybe Tyler McElroy. I'm just recommending other games that might be to their taste. Just That's all. Does. Duke Nukem Forever. Stop. Um, anyway, we have uh, this last letter from Madeline. Hey, besties. Great episode this week. I'm writing in to give a shout out to a Stardew-like game that I've been playing a lot this week. Palia. That's P-A-L-I-A. It's an indie free-to-play that's still in beta. It's extremely good. I especially think Griffin would like it. It's sort of a blend between Stardew Valley and the exploration and visual style of Breath of the Wild. Holy shit. That sounds amazing. Uh, highly recommend checking it out if you have the time. Thanks for all you do. Uh, I've actually this got... Some... I've, I've played, played this one a little bit. Uh, oh, it's yeah. Out on, wildly, it's out on Windows and Switch. You can get it on Switch if you want to. Uh, it, I, I had some trouble with the performance on Switch. Uh, and on Steam Deck, so I've just kind of not really uh, latched onto it as 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 much as a lot of other people. But there's uh, quite a few folks who are who are deeply into this one. So is there, there's like farming yeah. in it? Yeah, there's like farming and building and uh, exploration and uh, all that jazz. From what I've heard, like it has an issue with um, like the amount of content and stuff there is to do in the game so far. But it is gorgeous, and uh, I I mean I think if if that description uh, sounds sounds good to you, like it, you will you will get something out of it. Um, but I, I kind of have filed this one away to like let it let let them cook a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I I am also you know I have not given this a, as fair of a shake as I probably should. Since you since you've had like time with it and probably learned a fair bit about farming from it, um, what what farm animal would you say is best at keeping the time? Why have we done this? Would, would you say it's a would you say it's a watchdog? Okay, so honorable mentions. <laughs> Russ yeah. sounded Farm like he just opened. <laughs> okay, Russ sounded like he just opened the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, Briss knife. Okay, honorable mentions. <laughs> we have uh, a game that I've been playing, and Plant has actually most of us have been playing it. I think Justin hasn't gotten in there yet. Uh, we're going to talk more fully about it next week. But this came legit out of nowhere for me. I was not expecting to love this game as much as I fucking Holy do. Man. And this game is called Helldivers 2. Fuck yes, dog. I yes. don't even know how much I want to say about it. I, I will say <laughs> the, the elevator pitch is basically it is Starship Troopers meets... Uh, what do we describe Deep Rock it as? Galactic? Deep Rock Galactic. I, Deep Rock I think Galactic. it definitely has right. that DNA in it. Yes, if, if, 100%. If it is a... It's, if you played the first Helldivers... All of the m sort of madcap hilarity of that game, vis-a-vis -vis accidentally like mowing down your teammates or dropping <laughs> like in like outer space drop pods uh, on them uh, while running away from like overwhelming hordes of monsters. That is all here, uh, only in a like third-person shooter perspective. It and the camera makes it even funnier because you have moments where I was playing with Fresh. 
and he was uh, all about to die. I'm like, hey, don't worry. I got this big, heavy weapon. I'm going to get right in front of you. I'm going to protect you. You're my best bud. I'm mowing down all all the, the bugs. But now there's dozens of them, and they're coming up right on top of me. So I'm backing up, trying to protect my best friend, who I think has my back. And as I'm backing up, I see a giant blue pillar of light encase my body. Because Frush had just thrown a support stratagem that airdropped a giant brick of death onto my head. Yeah. Um, I, I, I had done everything that he needed. Now I didn't need to exist anymore. Yeah. I, did, <laughs> I had a great three-player session yesterday where one of my teammates went down, so I threw like a revival beacon down, which basically drops them back from a drop pod from space. <laughs> Only that drop pod landed on the other surviving player. <laughs> so I just saw like this guy running away from a horde of bugs just get splattered, and then a different guy climb out of the, the pod that squished him. Uh, it rules, and I cannot wait to talk so more about good. it next week. Yeah, we're, we're I'm very excited to talk about it. I think... Uh, they ha- definitely had some server issues at launch, which they're slowly smoothing out. Um, but I think this game is going to be, it's already pretty huge. It's about 10x more popular on Steam than uh, the original game was. And uh, I think it's really going to stick around for quite a while. Hey, so real quick. PS5 too, which is great. And it's P- um, PS5 as well. Yeah. Awesome. We, we mentioned Deep Rock Galactic. There is a Deep Rock Galactic Vampire Survivor style spinoff called Deep Rock Grok galactic survivor naturally and i cannot wait for justin to have his life destroyed by this game yeah it sounds it, rough honestly that holy sounds tough. i'm not sure what's my it, family what's can it on, handle what's that it on? right now y'all it, it's oh i'm playing it on steam deck right now um but the, like right the, now <laughs> the, yeah i'm like right now uh sorry um the the absolute killer thing about it is there are um, r- picture vampire survivor, right? And then there are these rock barriers everywhere. But because you are a miner, you can carve through that. So you can use the rocks kind of as defense to get away mm. from enemies. But you can also use the rocks as funnels to create choke points. So you kind of will like steer enemies towards a big pile of rocks, then create a funnel through it in which all of them are now channeling through this tiny little hole that you get onto the other side and just start pulverizing them with, like, grenades and heavy fire. It feels now that, that, so good. That sounds great. No, can you say rock and stone? Uh, I'm sure you can. I, you must it's killer, to. and I, I really can't wait for more people to play it. And I know we have so many Deep Rock um, Galactic fans who listen to the show, and uh, you're, you're going to be really pleased. Rock and Stone. Uh, by rock the way, Helldivers has a Rock and Stone equivalent. It is for democracy. <laughs> it's so <laughs> fun. To, yeah. So fucking good. Managed, managed democracy. <laughs> um, what okay. did you name your ship? Uh, oh, good question. You can name your ship in, in Helldivers 2. Mine is the uh, founding father of family values. Yeah, mine's the beacon of democracy. Which is really <laughs> Uh, Orwellian. Uh, it's all very ironically fascist, which uh, we love yeah. here at the Besties. Justin, do you have anything to add, uh, yeah. add in terms of honorable mentions? Yeah, I've finished a, a three book series. It's the J- Zoe Ash trilogy. These are written by Jason Pargan, who used to write on the name David Wong uh, as his pen name, uh, most notably with a book called John Dies at the End, was sort of his biggest um, uh, hit back, uh, back in the day. But this is a trilogy about uh, a city called Tabula Rasa, a, an imagined city in the future 
that is basically a worse Las Vegas, same principle, but it is completely corrupt and overrun with crime and uh, attention seekers and uh, basically lawless. Uh, And it is a town that is so sort of wild and outlandish and insular that it makes for a, uh, a easy way of talking about the internet without it being a book about the internet. Like it, it is a you see very clearly some of the like line dividing lines and and habits and rituals. Uh, for example, uh, everyone has what's called a blink camera, which is a a tiny pinhole camera that basically everyone's wearing all the time, and these feeds are live basically constantly. Uh, so everyone's competing for viewers, competing for uh, uh, you know attention. But basically, a woman, a young woman named Zoe Ash. Uh, who is the sort of person that I think would typically be targeted a lot uh, on on the internet. She is a woman. She is lower income. She is in a, a, a bigger body, they mentioned uh, throughout the book. Uh, suddenly, because her uh, estranged father, who she didn't know that her dad, passes away, she becomes basically the most powerful person in the city with a team of expert bodyguards and intelligence experts and all these other people that are charged with basically helping to protect her. And it is about how a normal person uh, who is basically instantly hated by a large portion of of the mainly men in the city uh, who are all uniquely terrible in different ways, uh, how they sort of, uh, she makes it through that world. There is also an aspect of uh, people have just begun equipping themselves with sort of like superhuman abilities, uh, which is another thing her company is responsible for. Um, The company that she takes over from her dad has a terrible legacy. Uh, They basically built the city, but is also extremely corrupt. And Zoe Ash is not. She's a decent human being who tries to set that right. So seeing how she reckons with that power and being in in this world is fascinating. It's a three-book series. I think uh, the first is Futuristic Violence and Fancy Suits. The second is... Zoe punches the future in the dick. And the third is <laughs> Zoe is too drunk for this dystopia. So it's a three book series and they are uh, really hilarious, have really interesting things to say about the internet without it being a book about the internet. Uh, mm. And uh, I just got a, a huge kick out of it. They're, they're really, really fun reads. Um, I have a fun recommendation real quick. I went to New York City this past weekend to go see a musical called The Connector, and it rocked my ass apart, and is only running for a little bit longer. Uh, it's I think it wraps up beginning of March. Uh, it is it's called The Connector. It is about uh, a, these two journalists, a man and a woman, in the late '90s, uh, working for a sort of independent uh, a magazine called The Connector. Uh, and it sort of explores the wild divergence that they uh, that they experience based on, I mean, mostly their their gender. It focuses on how this dude gets uh, is treated like this golden boy while she is sort of largely uh, neglected. Uh, but it also explores journalistic ethics in a way that was very chilling uh i will say in the uh g- given my personal experience in the sort of landscape of media 
and post-truth, uh, the post-truth world that we exist in today. This this musical has a turn in it that is that sent a wave of uh, anxiety, I think, through the crowd. I it is the only time I think I've ever seen a musical that gave me a high heart rate warning on my Apple Watch several <laughs> times throughout the second half of it. Uh, the music is all by uh, Jason Robert Brown, who did um, Parade and Last Five Years and Songs for a New World. Uh, so the music is all like fucking incredible. Uh, it stars Scott Bakula, who we got to meet after the show, which was very, uh, particularly for my wife. You Rachel. recommend that? I recommend meeting Scott Bakula. He's incredibly, <laughs> incredibly kind. Uh, him, it, Rachel, my wife, is a huge Quantum Leap fan, always has been. And uh, Scott Bakula is from basically like the, the, uh, like neighborhood next over to the one she grew up in. So they had a lot to talk about um but yeah if you can get there you should go see it because it is it is it is a remarkable show that made me feel things that i don't i don't think uh any sort of broadway show or anything like that has has ever kind of gotten out of me before which is to say anxiety but uh you know the good guy hopefully this play will not be his last because that's it, like his lead. That's elite. not. It's like a mangling of the original of the, quote of the reference. in such a way that makes what you're doing absolutely just threatening. One hundred percent. Yeah, it sounded really <laughs> menacing. <laughs> I don't even know what you're going. So for. menacing. <laughs> uh, I, uh, Chris Pine, do you want to recap the games real quick that we talked about? Oh yeah, I should do that. So we've talked about a lot of stuff today. We talked about Lisfanga. We talked about Persona Three. Uh, we Reload. also talked about some other stuff we've been playing like Helldivers 2 and Deep Rock Galactic Survivor. We talked about books with the Zoe Ash trilogy. We talked about musicals this time with The Connector now playing in New York. And uh, I think that's I think that's it in terms of what we've been playing. We also talked about the Patreon that we've launched. It's live right now. There's basically three hours of brand new content for uh, people who have subscribed to the Patreon and uh, yeah, we really greatly, hugely, massively appreciate your support, not only in supporting the Patreon, but also just over the years, everything you guys have done to listen to the show and share the show and tell people about it. Uh, it really wouldn't exist without you. So we massively... And obviously this will be a learning process for us. This is our first time doing this. So uh, yeah. this show has always been sort of a, a collaboration, a conversation, if you will. So please like... Let us know if there's any. Yeah, if you have any have uh, thoughts or questions or anything, uh, please put them in the comments of the newsletter. What's next week? So, and for twenty bucks, New York Draft will do your voicemail and cameo. So if you need that, <laughs> that's another option for you to support. He just really yeah, needs a slice you a, of pizza. Just that's true. <laughs> he'll give you a discount. Uh, I wanted to thank the following people for writing reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. We have Herd House, we have Leadimus, and we have I M Squillis. Thank you for writing reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. Maybe we'll drop in some Patreon backers uh, next yeah, episode. Maybe we should That's switch to that. Yeah. Maybe we'll switch to that. That sounds good. All right. um, next week, we have a one-two punch of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, the aforementioned RPG, uh, and Helldivers 2. These doubleheader Fantasy... guys, once we hit the doldrums, they're going to seem so callous. We're going to yeah. be so <laughs> resentful of our past selves for gobbling up two big games. For Final Fantasy, we will be very mindful of spoilers. It uh, given is the fact a 30-year-old they... video game. No, no. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's doing different things. So, the whole point of the last game was saying anything could happen in this game. So... 
anything can happen we, in this game. So we're not going to spoil anything. Um, but uh, we are going to talk a bit about it. And uh, yeah, so get excited. You, you can romance the dog. Hey, thanks so much for listening to our uh, podcast, The Besties. Thanks for your support over the years. And uh, be sure to join us again next time for The Besties. Because should the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Besties!